ಶ್ರೀಗಣೇಶಾ ನಮ ಸರಸ್ವತ್ಯೈ ನಮ ಗುರುಭ್ಯೋ ನಮಃ ಹೆಲೋ ಲಿಸನರ್ಸ್ ದಿಸ್ ಇಸ್ ರವಿರಂಗನಾಥನ್ ವೆಲ್ಕಮಿಂಗ್ ಯು ಟು ದ ಫಿಫ್ಟಿ ಫಿಫ್ತ್ ಎಪಿಸೋಡ್ ಆಫ್ ಭಗವದ್ಗೀತಾ ಯಹ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ಸ ಪಶ್ಯತಿ ವಿತ್ ಭಗವಾನ್ಸ್ ಬ್ಲೆಸ್ಸಿಂಗ್ಸ್ ದ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ಎಪಿಸೋಡ್ಸ್ ಆರ್ ದ ಕಂಪ್ಲೀಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ದ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಟ್ವೆಲ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ಸ್ ದಿ ಫಸ್ಟ್ ಸಿಕ್ಸ್ ಚಾಪ್ಟರ್ಸ್ ಎಂಫಸೈಸ್ಡ್ ಹೂ ವಿ ಆರ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಹೂ ವಿ ಆರ್ ನಾಟ್ ಇಟ್ ಗೇವ್ ಇಂಪಾರ್ಟೆನ್ಸ್ ಟು ಅವರ್ ಫ್ರೀ ವಿಲ್ ದೋ ಇಟ್ ಮೇ ಬಿ ಲಿಮಿಟೆಡ್ ಅಂಡ್ ಅವರ್ ಇಂಡಿವಿಜುವಲ್ ಎಫರ್ಟ್ ಟು ಲಿಫ್ಟ್ ಅವರ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಬೈ ಅವರ್ ಸೆಲ್ಫ್ ಇಟ್ ಗೇವ್ ಇಂಪಾರ್ಟೆನ್ಸ್ ಟು ಆ್ಯಕ್ಷನ್ ಆಸ್ ವೆಲ್ ಆಸ್ ರಿನೌನ್ಸಿಯೇಷನ್ ಆಫ್ ಡೂಯರ್ಶಿಪ್ without clear self knowledge one cannot see the connection between action and renunciation and cannot become a yogi and the chapter 6 ended with the advice that it is everyone's duty to become a yogi in the second set of six chapters gnanam and vijnana the knowledge and experience aspect of god was talked about these chapters explained that without gnanam it is difficult to see vijnana seeing our inner self is brahman and the self is the same in all in veda mahavakyam tat tvam asi if the first six chapters discussed the tvam aspect the second six chapters discuss the tat aspect the self at the individual level is seen as brahman at the cosmic level episodes 31 to 33 covered the recap of the first six chapters today's episode and the next episode will cover the recap of chapters 7 through 12 The title of chapter 7 is Jnana Vijnana Yoga. Bhagavan starts the chapter promising to teach knowledge and wisdom. The knowledge is about what is God and the wisdom is how we can gain that experience of God. Bhagavan himself says knowing him is not easy. Brahman is the source of everything in this universe and has two prakritis, a lower prakriti and a higher prakriti. Lower prakriti is material nature and it appears in eight forms as Mahat, ahankara mind space air water fire and earth and also their modifications higher prakriti is the life element consciousness the higher prakriti enters into the lower prakriti and supports them as in a string of pearls the string passes through the pearls and supports them the higher prakriti makes the insentient lower prakriti to behave like sentient beings The higher prakriti in an individual is called Dehi, also known as Atma. This Atma is not short or tall, lean or obese, man or woman, white or black or brown or yellow. All these qualities refer to the body and the body has no separate existence from Atma. The creation is a cyclic process. It has two parts. The creation part is called Kalpa and the dissolution part is called Pralaya. in dissolution the lower prakriti including the subtle nature of all beings goes into an unmanifest state and are part and parcel of the paramatma maheshwaran when maheshwaran decides to become many to become the universe with many forms and names the prakriti undergoes changes and appears as bodies the jeevas in the unmanifest subtle state take the body according to their past karma they appear as brahma devas celestial beings humans animals insects plants and many more the highest supreme atma the paramatma as para prakriti is in all of them as atma he himself becomes the universe during pralaya the reverse happens and all matter and the subtle state of the jeevatmas goes into an unmanifest state 
Thus, the supreme Atma, the original cause, is identical with the universe which is the effect. In a sense, Brahman is the material cause and the efficient cause. Who or what is this Paramatma? The answer is, Matta Paradharam Nanyat Kinchidasti. There is none higher than the Supreme Atma that is existence, consciousness and bliss. It is Pranava Sarva Vedeshu, the syllable Om in Vedas and is the cause of all causes. Because it is the cause of all causes, it is Bijam Sarva Bhutana. It is the eternal seed of all matter as Jeevanam Sarva Bhuteshu, life in all beings. It is not enough just to create. Someone has to provide the support mechanism to sustain the beings. Provide them what all they need to live a happy life. Brahman has all the necessary qualities for that. It is Balam Balavatam, strength of the strong in general. This gives Brahman the power to support the creation as well as never get tired of that support. It is free from any kind of fatigue to provide Yoga Kshema. It has the power of Tapas Chasmi Tapas Vishu that is austerity in austere and has the highest unsurpassing intelligence buddhi buddhimata intelligence of the intelligent to create sustain and dissolve the universe the five elements are under brahman's control and through them it creates the wealth for all the five senses to sustain and enjoy life shabda ke sound in space that can be heard tejas chasmi vibaho brilliance in fire and Prabhasmi, Shashi, Surya Yoga, light in the sun and the moon that can be seen. Rasohamapsu, taste in water that provides taste to all food we consume. And Punyogandha, Prithivyam, sweet fragrance of earth that provides all fragrances in this world. Thus, through the five senses, the humans enjoy their life. In essence, Brahman is Tejas Tejas Vinam, splendor of the splendid which gives it the quality of overcoming any opposition. Though Bhagavan is all those things, humans do not perceive Brahman as such. Humans are deluded by material nature, which appears as forms, senses and objects of enjoyment. Though the objects of the world are perishable, the highest Atma has made them attractive in order to give the Jivatmas the fruits of their karmas. Those who wish to overcome the attraction of the worldly objects should do Prapati, worship him. Ishwara has no discrimination because he is Udhasina, indifferent to everything that is going on in the universe. There are four types of devotees of Bhagavan. Artho, Jignasur, Arthaarthi and Jnani. Arthaha are those who are in distress in an emergency situation and seek help from a higher power. Same with Arthaarthi who wants new and new material benefits and pleasures. Jignasur wants to know about God academically out of curiosity. Finally, Jnani wants to realize Him and to be with Him. The Supreme Atma returns this love of the Jnanis and regards them as His own. It is very difficult to find such a Jnani. At the end of many lives of good deeds, one can become a Jnani. According to Vaishnava Acharyas, Jignasur is the self-realization group and the Jnani group is those who seek Vaikuntha. The various other devatas, demigods are also nothing but Brahman in different bodies, having different names. Irrespective of whom a devotee worships, it is Bhagavan who makes the worshippers' faith strong. The results demigods give are all small and perishable. They are all material in nature. Instead, if the worshipper puts such efforts and worships the Paramatma, 
the fruit attained is supreme and eternal yet because of their deep rooted vasanas humans desire fruits of the material world instead of the happiness of the supreme atma even if god comes down to the human world no one will recognize him because everyone has an image of god in their head and expects god to come in front of them in that form as though god has no other job people do not understand when bhagwan comes down in a human form yet as avatars he comes down by overruling his own yogamaya prakriti to take birth and not because he has any karma any past vasanas of his own it is because he is just a witness who has no personal interest in interfering with the lives of others he has no doership all human beings are subject to the delusion of identifying with their body and mind at birth ignorance comes along with the birth itself through the dirty luggages of likes and dislikes these are expressed as swabhava inherent tendencies that were developed during the previous lives and carried on now as deep seated vasanas if they are virtuous they seek the highest in a steadfast manner they get the knowledge about the inner self and the nature of actions and soon get the full knowledge about brahman the chapter ends with bhagavan making a statement that those who know fully about brahman adhyatmam karma adibhuta adidevam and adiyagnam and know what happens even at the time of death reach brahman next chapter 8 chapter 8 is called akshara brahma yoga the chapter on imperishable brahman chapter 8 explains the six terms bhagavan mentioned at the end of chapter 7 Brahman is the supreme imperishable adhyatmam is swabhava karma is the creative force adibhuta pertains to elements the world of objects adideva pertains to the gods the sense organs and adiyagna pertains to sacrifices the perceptions the chapter also explained what happens to people who think of bhagavan at the time of death and those who think something else at the time of their death and what paths jivatmas take after the death of the body bhagwan's observation is that whatever one thinks at the time of death they reach that therefore at all times remember him and face the challenges of our lives with mind and intellect fixed in him the benefit for those who live such a lifestyle is without doubt they reach him in chapter 6 bhagwan explained how the yogi who is meditating attains the inner self and becomes a jivan mukta in chapter 8 he goes on to say how at the time of death that jivan mukta yogi reach the nirguna brahman this yogi by his own choice of time and place can leave the body and attains brahman but meditating on nirguna brahman is not for all it is an almost impossible task it is only for such highly evolved yogis therefore bhagavan suggests to upasana on saguna brahman instead of meditating on nirguna brahman if one meditates on the saguna brahman the path becomes easier to explain why everyone should seek his abode bhagwan compared his abode with brahma loka the residence world of the four headed creator brahma all the worlds up to the brahma loka are not permanent places the length of the day time and night time in brahma loka is very long and looks eternal yet it has a beginning and an end creation takes place during brahma's daytime and dissolution during night time during the dissolution period called pralaya all creation goes into an unmanifest state 
and during the creation period called Kalpa, they come back into manifestation. On the other hand, Akshara Brahman's abode is different and better because once you attain Akshara Brahman, then there is no return from this place. It is a place of eternal bliss. That is, there is no more samsara, no more suffering due to births and deaths. There are two paths for Jivatmas to travel after the death of the body. The Jivatmas, with the knowledge about the inner self, will travel towards and merge with the Supreme and this path is designated as the Shuklagati, the path of light. This is also called the Northern Path. All others will travel the Krishna Gati, the path of darkness. This is the Southern Path. The Northern Path has a destination with no return policy and the Southern Path has a destination with a compulsory return ticket. Light represents knowledge and darkness represents ignorance. So, the two paths are to be taken as paths travelled after having realized your true inner self and the path travelled in ignorance about your own self. The yogi who knows the knowledge of all these get more benefit than knowing Vedas, performing sacrifices, austerities, giving charities, etc. With that advice, chapter 8 comes to an end. Now to chapter 9. The title of chapter 9 is Raja Vidya Raja Guhyam, Royal Knowledge and Royal Secret. This chapter can be seen as a continuation of chapter 7 where Bhagavan talked about Jnanam and Vijnanam. Raja Vidya is Jnanam and Raja Guhya is Vijnanam. The royal knowledge is a royal secret because the inner self and Brahman can only be experienced and cannot be explained or shown as an object. In this chapter, the Aparaprakriti and Paraprakriti explained in chapter 7 are described little differently. Bhavan first talks about his Swarupa, his transcendental eternal nature which is formless yet all-pervading. All this world is pervaded by Brahman in his unmanifest form. All words exist in him but he does not abide in them. This means we are in Paramatma. Though we think of our life only at the level of names and forms, beings do not exist in him as names and forms. Ishwara is doing all this through his divine yoga, supporting all beings but not dwelling in them. He himself is the efficient cause of all beings. This is explained with an analogy. As the great mighty wind moving everywhere rests always in space, even so all beings rest in him. At the beginning of creation, the world is created using the lower prakriti and from the unmanifest state, beings come into manifestation to get experiences based on their karma. Jivatmas are helpless and do not have a choice as far as whether they need to take birth or not, where to be born, what kind of body, health will be there, etc. Lifespan, intelligence, etc. are all given according to their accumulated karma. When we perform an action with a sense of doership and experiencership, we get bound, creating our own karma. But the acts of creation do not bind Bhagavan because he is sitting unconcerned and unattached to those acts. Ishwara is not identifying with our doership and experiencership. He is the supervisor of Prakriti and the Prakriti produces the moving and the unmoving. He does this through his yogic power. This is the cause of the world and everything operates because of that. So, detachment is the key to the freedom from Karma Bandhana. 
Bhagavan describes three sets of people, Mudas, Mahatmas and Jnanis and how each looks at the Supreme Paramatma. The first type, fools, disregard him. They see finite, limited things as the only truth. They are of Rajasik and Tamasik in nature. The second type, Mahatmas, surrenders to him. They understand the dualities of the world and constantly worship the Lord. They see themselves as devotees. They are of Sattvic in nature. The third type, Jnanis, become one with him. They offer the wisdom sacrifice, that is, sacrificing the lower identification with the body and mind into the fire of knowledge. Though they worship Brahman in various ways, regarding him as the one, as the distinct, as the all-faced, then Jnanis go beyond the three gunas of the Prakriti. Since Brahman is in unmanifest form, Bhagavan gives a list of where all one can see his manifestations. The 34 manifestations can be grouped into five aspects. First aspect is, he is the origin of everything. He is the source of creation, sustenance and dissolution. Second aspect is, he is beyond the dualities of the world which he has created. Third aspect is, he himself is knowledge. Hence, he is able to do creation, sustenance and dissolution. Fourth aspect is, he is the controller, witness and well-wisher. He has put in the laws and watches everyone as a witness. Fifth aspect is, he is the ultimate goal. The best way to attain that goal is to see Brahman in the world as Tejas Tejas Vinam, to see him as the splendor of the splendid. In short, Brahman is the efficient cause and the material cause and there is nothing other than Brahman in the universe. But with so much identification with our body and mind, it is not easy to see all the splendor of the splendid as Ishwara, as Bhagavan, as Brahman. We look at everything as objects to be understood. Behind every object there is Chaitanya, consciousness. Even a stone has consciousness, but it does not have the mind to reflect that consciousness. Truly speaking, there is no inertness. What is needed is the clear understanding that behind all these things of the world is Paramatma. To see his manifestations, we need to start developing Bhakti, devotion. In chapter 7, Bhagavan pointed out four types of devotees, namely Artha, Arthaarthi, Jignasu and Jnani. In chapter 9, he has classified devotees into two categories. The devotion can be Sakama Bhakti or Nishkama Bhakti. Sakama Bhaktas are devotees with desire and Nishkama Bhaktas are devotees without desire. Even among the devotees with desire, there are those who worship him and those who worship other deities. Many do not believe beyond their body. Their life is focused on fulfilling their desires until their death. Their devotion is only to the pleasures of the body. They are Dehatmas. They are not the subject of the current topic. Next category of people also have desires, but their desires go beyond their current life. They believe in God and an afterlife in heaven. They are Sakama Bhaktas who seek a higher power to enjoy the pleasures in this world and in their afterlife. They are Kama Kama devotees. They are seekers of objects of desires. Each of their desires create more desires. They want a good, wonderful, comfortable life in this world and after death want to go to heaven.
that is what arjuna wanted the best here and beyond they abide by the injunctions of scriptures laws of the land they seek all these through dharmic means they perform vedic rituals and worship lord narayana and are puta papaha remove their sins they collect punyas as tickets to heaven once their punyas are exhausted they come back to the mortal world compared to these two sets of people there is another category they are nishkama bhaktas desireless devotees their worship is single pointed they are not seeking material benefits their goal is bhagavan ishwara ananya chintayanto maam other than bhagavan they do not have any other thinking because they think of bhagavan in good and bad times bhagavan takes care of their yoga and shema that is ishwara provides whatever they need in their life and also make sure it is preserved for them as long as they need these jnanis are focused on him and have time only for him for them he is the means as well as the goal because of that bhagavan takes care of their material and spiritual needs since we believe in our own efforts to acquire many things like house wealth power relationships etc and then spend the rest of our life trying to keep them maintain them and protect them bhagavan has left everything to our efforts he helps those who surrender to him there is another category of devotees even though bhagavan can give yoga and shema everyone does not want to worship him with that idea they go to other deities other demigods with limited power but they too have sincere faith in their worship bhagavan says since their faith is sincere for them also through these devatas i give what they seek because whatever they offer to devatas finally comes only to me in a sense with faith and sincere effort whatever you seek as your goal whether it is secular or spiritual you will get that is having bhagavan as the goal a costly process no not at all bhagavan says just offer me things like patram pushpam phalam toyam a leaf a fruit a flower water i am not asking for all your salary or a percentage of it i am not asking you to spend your life trying to make money and then offer that to me i am not asking you to be corrupt loot the public and then offer that money to me what is important is the bhavam the attitude a state of pure mind and accepting whatever comes as my prasadam as my gift whatever we do in our life whatever we consume whatever we give away as charity whatever difficult tasks we do whatever challenges we face all have to be done as an offering to ishwara both enjoying or suffering have to be surrendered to ishwara that is remove kartavya bhava and bhoktavya bhava remove the i am the doer i am the enjoyer i am the sufferer attitude if you have to depend on someone then depend on bhagavan the benefit is you will get liberation from this life of dualities and attain moksha is bhagavan partial to those who worship only him what about those who have not been talked about at all what about other sinners how difficult is it for them to attain moksha after finishing sakama bhakti and nishkama bhakti bhagavan addresses these questions consistent with his teachings he makes a strong statement i am same towards all beings to me there is none hateful nor dear 
though i am impartial unbiased and unconcerned ye bhajanti tumam bhaktya maite teshu chapyaham if you worship me with devotion then you are in me and i am also in you the glory of bhakti is making impartial bhagavan to be partial to devotees otherwise what is the purpose of devotion you may be sudaracharaha a very wicked person a worst sinner it does not matter as long as you are samyak vyavasthitaha if you have rightly resolved if you have made a commitment to change yourself and worship with single pointed devotion then you are a sadhu a pious person in bhagavan's eyes at that very moment you become a dharmatma and you are already on the path towards moksha for taking refuge in him papa yonayaha those who have seen from whatever source it may be as long as they take vyapasrataha take refuge in him they will attain permanent peace is there anyone exempted from this permanent state of peace bhagavan has no partiality no one is exempt men and women of vaishyas the business minded sudras the workers brahmins those who safeguard knowledge kshatriyas those who fight for dharma all without exception can attain the supreme goal but bhagavan is not willing to compromise on one condition that is bhajaswamam worship bhagavan with a single pointed mind don't be half hearted seek him only for moksha with a pure mind in essence bhakti is not as much a kriya activity as bhava attitude as explained in chapter 3 since beings are helpless in not performing actions all activities are there to invoke that devotional bhava unconditional love in the pure mind it is not some activity to show to the external world but it is a state of mind that looks at everything in the world as nothing but bhagavan devotion is your duty to realize your true inner self and see that self in all with that the recap of chapter 7 8 and 9 comes to an end next episode will cover the recap of chapters 10 through 12 until that time this is raviranganathan bidding goodbye ओ